Somebody asked me, how did you do that? And I said, I don't think about it. I just jumped. That's all I did. No preparation. Um, but I just want to say this morning, um, there's so many people I want to thank. Everybody that has put their hand to the plow with us and sewed in or cleaned up or um, donated or given or prayed. And I just can't thank you enough for everything that you have done. Uh, even the new people here today, thank you for coming and being a part of us and celebrating today. But um, I can't uh, express my gratitude enough to you. Um, but more than anything, I want to thank the Lord. Because God has been so good to us. And I'm so grateful. This has been a seven-year dream um, from the moment we stepped into Scottsdale we felt like God had said that we were to plant in the heart of Scottsdale. So this is a, a dream come true, and I just want to thank you, and I want to thank the Lord for what he's doing. And I really believe that as we lift God up in this community, in this area, in this spot, all men will be drawn unto him. And we pray for that, and we believe for that, and thank you for standing with us. And be bold. <laughs> Jump out of the plane. <laughs> Amen. I stood on the ground as she was doing it, and then after it was all done, it's like, I could do that. <laughs> but I wanted her to do it first. We had a dream seven years ago, and the Lord put in our hearts to, to have a church that would be in the marketplace. Uh, just right in the heart of the city to bring hope and resolution and truth uh, to the community and, and something that's very special in the gift of Jesus that we offer the community. And early this morning, I walked over to sip coffee. That's been our office for the last several months as we've gone through this transition. And, and many of you have met us in appointments at, at the sip coffee here on the corner. So I went over this morning and I realized why we're here. And I walked up to the counter and, and ordered uh, my usual, and the barista named Chelsea said, isn't this, she saw me with a tie on, she goes, isn't this the day of your grand opening? And I said, yeah, this is the day. And she said, holy bleep bleep, that's so exciting. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, Pastor, I'm just so excited for you. And I thought in my mind, this is why we're in the marketplace. This is why we're here. There are people in this community that are celebrating with us already since we have arrived. Last night, as we were here late, a lady from Staples that works across the street here came over and met Bridget, and she said, oh, I'm so excited there's going to be a church here. She goes, here's my tithe. I want to get this. I, I can't be here tomorrow because I have to work. But she said, here's my tithe, and put this in the offering. So she's already giving to our church. And so it's just really exciting to see how God is, is already raising up a group of people that have a vision for this community, the heart of this community, to be in the marketplace. Our message today is called Bold. And you can hear our kids down in the basement. And by the way, be sure to take a tour of the building after the service. Walk through the door and in the back here, you can go downstairs here or there in the basement. We have our kids' church and be able to see the building and, and how the Lord has helped us to come to this moment and to this place. But as I was contemplating... The message this morning and the many messages that will come through this month with just one word, and that is the word bold. 
I was reading a blog recently by a friend of ours that asked me to read it, and I got this idea, and I asked him if he would jump out of the plane so we could video him and kind of be a sermon bump before I got up and speak, and he said, I can do better than that, and, and um, his name is Dr. Jeffrey Taffet. He's here with us this morning. He's the, um, he's the man responsible for having my wife strapped to a stranger and jumping out of a perfect good airplane at 12,000 feet. <laughs> And in his blog, I was, it was so compelling to me as I was preparing this message several weeks ago, and, and it was how ch- skydiving changed my life, sort of. And just an excerpt, he said he was a lowly surgeon intern many years ago in New York City experiencing the trial by fire where they worked like 36 hours and just off 12 hours, and he said it was like a boot camp, a sleep-deprived rite of passage and meant to prove you were made of the right stuff, but he said it got to me after a while. I was severely depressed and extremely disillusioned with my career choice and was thinking about taking a year off to figure it all out or actually applying to be a veterinarian. He was starting to prefer animals over humans. And he said I was overlooking the Hudson River and sitting in my apartment reading a copy of the Village Voice when on the back page I scanned this advertisement that read as follows, do you think you've done it all? Sex, drugs, and rock and roll, is that all that there is? And he says, aren't you wanting something more? Try this. And the ad called me and probably for all the wrong reasons. I found myself the next weekend in Pittstown, New Jersey at Skydive East and, and a person appropriately named Doug Angel basically dumped him out of his Cessna plane over this beautiful green field, and he was hooked. And there was something he says in there, it says, during the times of anger, frustration, introspection, it was in the drop zone where I sought solace, and free fall was the antidepressant that cleared my mind to more productive and meaningful thinking. The drop zone was a haven of acceptance. Dr. Taffet also has found another drop zone in Jesus Christ in his relationship with Jesus as well, and his testimony is powerful. And I thought about my life personally as well in terms of this drop zone that Jesus created, but in our life there's a drop zone. It's where we feel like our spirit is soaring and we're finally flying and there's no distractions around it. It's like God has put us in a drop zone, a place where we can just be free. It's a place of solace. And I thought, that's it. That's the connection that I want to speak about this morning. And and I want to call this message this morning just that simple word, bold, that I believe God has installed a spirit of boldness with each and every individual that's in this place here today that we want to express ourselves in a bold manner based on the convictions and the truths that we believe in, that we would even give our life for, that every individual is called to take bold steps, to leap out of a plane, if you will, into a drop zone of not knowing what it's going to be like when we get out there. But as those people were floating down, I'm standing near that field. I'm hearing people come out and they said, you know what? I didn't feel like I was dropping. I feel like I was flying. And I heard that over and over again. And as I listened to that, I thought that is so true that when we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's not like we're falling thinking, oh my goodness, what have I done? But we realize that we're finally soaring in our life and the boldness that has been instilled within our heart and our life is finally coming out and we take the bold leap. And I want to say that at the end of my message, I'm going to ask some of you to take a bold stand. 
to take a stand for Christ and through this message that the Lord would speak to you so clearly that this is a day, not just a grand opening to celebrate a building, but more than that, we're here to celebrate Jesus. I want you to turn with me. There's one verse of scripture that I want you to look at with me. It's 2 Corinthians 3, 12 that describes this, this message and what we're going to speak about just briefly here this morning. Therefore, having such a hope, we act with great boldness. Having such a great hope, we, we act with great boldness. Boldness is something that I've seen modeled in my life growing up, and I'm so grateful and appreciative that I had parents, and Bridget had parents that modeled to us what it is to be bold in our faith and to step out of the boat or to jump out of a plane and to not only live life to the fullest, but those spiritual decisions that affect all of our lives that nobody can make for us, but we're all called to make a decision and to open our life and to surrender and put ourselves in the drop zone, so to speak. I remember growing up, and one of the most significant, I think, bold steps that my parents took and modeled is when they took us to the Coliseum in downtown Phoenix. It was called back then the Madhouse on McDowell. How many remember that? It's where the Phoenix Suns originally played, the Madhouse on McDowell. And they took us there, and I was just eight years old, and, and it was sitting up in there, and my older brother and I both, uh, during that particular meeting or the night before my brother gave his heart to Christ and the next night I couldn't wait to make my way down those seemed like hundreds of steps to the bottom of that floor and I thought I'm going to take a bold step I knew there was something missing in my life and I made the bold step I went into the drop zone at the bottom of the floor and my life has never been the same since as I made that decision for Jesus Christ Bridget in the same way her father having a compelling prayer of wanting to see his entire family, wanting to get into church, and, and uh, her mother being Jewish and having an Orthodox Jewish background, he takes them to a Billy Graham crusade at the ASU football stadium, and they make their way down, and the entire family gives their heart to Jesus Christ. They enter into the drop zone. They took a bold step, and the rest is history. There was a church, and I think my family have been called to be pioneers from some reason. It must go generations back uh, with maybe my grandfather or great-grandfather or something, but a church that starts in our living room thinking this is a strange place to start a church and a handful of people meeting in the living room, and then it transitions to a school. It begins to grow more. They buy a piece of property, and now that church is well-established in Prescott where we grew up. It's where I preached my first sermon. There was something bold about that that our parents demonstrated to us, and I want you to sense here this morning that Jesus took some bold steps for you. He took some bold steps for me, and he wants to touch your heart and life here today in a powerful way. I want to declare five bold proclamations for Banner Church and for you personally here today. I think that in a service like this, there needs to be something established in terms of what we are, what we propose to do. And those bold proclamations are important for the future of this church. But even more than that, they're important for you personally to really hear and to understand today what those bold proclamations would be to you and what they would mean. Number one, we will act with great boldness and pray. 
we will act with great boldness and pray in Acts 4.31. It says, after this prayer, they had this prayer meeting in the early church. It says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they preached the word of God with such boldness. There was such confidence. Boldness isn't necessarily being aggressive or overpowering or even offensive, but boldness is speaking the word of the Lord with a confidence knowing that Jesus is who he says he is, and Jesus will do what he says that he will do. And there's such a confidence I can share about this wonderful Savior that has changed my life. And it's a matter of giving testimony of how he's changed my life, how he can change your life here today. And there's such a boldness and deep conviction in that as a believer. We will act with great boldness. And I have to say that without prayer, we would not be where we're at. We have encountered multiple obstacles Uh, In getting into this building, when we first saw this building, I had a vision for it. I literally laid in bed all night after I looked at this building a year and a half ago thinking, we could do church here. And I just, I don't know what it was. We could put this here, knock out this wall and expand that wall. And I was thinking through it all night. And then we find out from the city manager, you can't do church in Old Town Scottsdale. There's not enough parking. This won't work. And the door shut and I was discouraged. And the Lord reminded me something that I learned as a missionary many years ago, that when God shuts the door, and it's like, Lord, I feel like I've heard from you, but why is this door shut? We could, you know, give up, pack our bag, go home because the door is not open. But the Lord spoke to me years ago, just because the door is not open, Dana, doesn't mean that you can't go through. Many times we have to go through a window. Somebody say amen to that. The window is open. There will be a window of opportunity. Even the door isn't wide open. There's a window of opportunity that we can go through. And we kept looking, and we tried different buildings and places. The doors kept shutting, and we came back to this building again. It was still on the market months later, and we came back again and thought, wow, and even lowered the price, $100,000. I think God was just saving it for us. Went back to the same man at, at, at the city of Scottsdale and said, look, we really want to buy this building and do church down here. And I don't know what it was, but we fasted, we prayed. He looked at us without hesitation. He says, you know what? I think we can make this happen. Hallelujah. And he did. The Lord did. And the door opened. We were able to purchase it. But all of the obstacles, but the prayer, and, and we have a phenomenal prayer director in Chandler and Kelly Nick who have led us in these 24-hour prayer vigils, which we just ended one yesterday uh, before this service. And we've just prayed and we've just believed. And the prayers have been bold prayers. Bold prayers. One pastor that um, that is interesting in what he writes, and he says, bold prayers honor God, and God honors bold prayers. God isn't offended by your biggest dreams or your boldest prayers. That when we pray, we pray with such passion and boldness. We believe that Jesus is what he says he is. We believe that Jesus will do what he said he would do. Hallelujah. We're going to act with great boldness and pray. But number two, we're also, we're going to act with great boldness and we're going to propagate. Jeremiah 30, 19 says there will be joy in songs of thanksgiving. And this morning there's great joy in songs of thanksgiving. I'll multiply my people. There's going to be a propagation, not to diminish them. I will honor them, not despise them. We have a pastor here that was a part of our leadership team that 
that I, I don't know how we did it, but we were able to raise enough money and the district would match it and was sent them to Tucson. And they planted a church called the Gate Church in Tucson. It's multiplying. It's thriving. It's propagating. And I thought, we're, we don't need to wait till we're established into a building. We're meeting in a hotel. We're meeting in a school. Whatever it is, but we can propagate. We can multiply. We're going to take bold steps, and we're going to continue to propagate the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We're going to be bold and pray, but we're going to be bold and propagate. Our vision is to continue to plant churches, and not only in this city, but in different parts where we foresee that Banner Church's name and, and the name of Jesus Christ will be exalted even beyond the borders, and we have that vision, and I declare to you this proclamation is vitally important to our church that we must propagate. Our mission statement is to love and to disciple and to send. Hallelujah. Number three, we're going to take bold steps, and we're going to prosper. In Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 9, it says, Therefore obey the terms of this covenant so that you'll prosper in everything that you do. There have been times when Bridget, if I cried out to the Lord, I mean, I don't know how it happened at times, but with the finances and the challenges that we faced over the years, we have laid in bed so many nights just saying, how did that happen? And God brought finances just at the right time and the right place for us to continue to move forward into the vision that God has given us. And he was so faithful. This lady from Staples coming over and said, here's my tithe. Hasn't even been to the church yet. I think that is a mark of the future that God is raising up individuals that want to prosper the church and give us seed so that we don't just plant here, but we continue to plant the seed outside the four walls of the church and God will prosper the church in a great way because we're willing to plant the seed that God has given us, not hoard it, not hold on to it, but to take the seed and in good ground we plant the seed and, and we see the seed grow and it brings that propagation and multiplication and we can all rejoice together because we're a part of it. Number four, God has called us to be bold and to press ahead. It's called the endurance of life. It's called just staying in the game. And so oftentimes that I've wanted to quit and give up, and uh, I can't begin to tell you, it's like I would make this statement, I'm done. Does anybody ever, I'm going to be honest, anybody ever, I'm done. Thank you, Keith. One of our pastors from Mexico, he's like, yeah, I'm done. And though every time the Lord whispered to my heart, you may be done, but I'm not. I'm not done. And it's all I needed to hear from the Lord. You may be done, but I'm not done with this work. And you need to stay the course. And we did. Seven years ago, before we even landed here from Tucson, Bridget gave me a card. I think they might have, let's see if the screen have a picture of this card. And it shows a guy jumping from one cliff to another. And I think Bridget could sense the, the terrifying look on my face like, oh my goodness, what are we doing? And she writes in the card. And she, it just I opened it up and I looked at the picture. It was really compelling. I love the Grand Canyon, but... 
This guy's in between two cliffs, and immediately I thought, that's what faith is. It's like taking this leap from one cliff to another, and there's no turning back. When you're midair between the two cliffs, you can't change your mind and go back. It's like you don't look back. You just look ahead to grab onto that next cliff so that you won't die. That's what a leap of faith is like. When Bridget jumped out of the plane, it was, well, of course, she was strapped to that stranger, that weirdo, but... <laughs> I didn't know him. I went up to her before she got on the plane, and it was so good. I thought she was going to go through a couple of hours of training and make sure everything's going to be cool, and she knows what she's doing. It was a couple of minutes, you know, there was no training. And I went up to her, and she's sitting there, and I whispered, well, I didn't whisper. I'm like, did you get any training? And I looked over across there, and it was the guy, that, the strange man, the weirdo that she was going to be strapped to, and he's just smiling at me. She's like, no, they didn't really say that much. Just strapped them on, get on the plane, and they went for it, and they jumped out. And it was that just like coming out of it, but she writes in the card, and Dana, I, I will leap with you. And let's not look back or complain on the decision we made. Let's close our eyes and just jump and totally trust that God will be there to catch us. You you're a pastor, and this next step is walking into the new and amazing things that God will show himself, and we will live out great things because of our faith in a great God. You can do this. Love, Bridget. Let's take leaps of faith. The leaps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Somebody say amen. And it was a bold move. In this card, I didn't realize how prophetic it would be, and I, I saved it, and I I have it sitting on my desk, and I oftentimes look at it, and I read it, and I realize that both of us, as we have taken this leap of faith and many leaps of faith thereafter, the plane was the easy one. Actually, that was the fun one. And some of those difficult moments where we have to be bold in our faith, we've got to be determined in our faith. We've got to be a man and a woman with a made-up mind, knowing that the word of the Lord has spoken to us. And we can't be distracted by what other people say or what they don't say, even if we're alone. If it's just Jesus, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we can take this bold step, and the Lord will go with us. And the Lord wants us to have that kind of boldness and that kind of determination. We don't need faith for the things that we can do. We need faith for the things that we cannot do. I can't save myself. And that's why Jesus came, and that's why we put our faith in the power of his name and the work of the cross and everything that Jesus did for us because I don't know how to save this sorry soul and, and what I go through, but when I give my life to Jesus and I take a, a step of faith, that's what that is. I can't do this for myself, and he does what, for what we can't do for ourselves. And number five, and most importantly, we are determined to take bold steps and boldly preach Jesus. In Acts 4.13, it says the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. They, they couldn't believe they're just ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures, and they recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. There's something truly beautiful and inviting and compelling about someone who has been with Jesus 
And I've heard it said oftentimes from people even in the marketplace, I don't know what it is that you have or possess, but there's something about your life that I want for my life. And that person again is convinced that Jesus is who he says he is and he will do what he says that he will do. There's an anniversary that I often celebrate that I think probably, and my parents would attest to this because they were part of, of this young team of 50 college students that we took to Israel kind of in an unassuming, unknowing manner, not to do a tour necessarily, but we were there to do ministry. And, and the doors that opened for us in ministry were on the Arab side. We even stayed in the West Bank at, in, in Bethlehem at an Arab hotel. We wanted to immerse ourselves in the culture there. And I knew that there was risk, and I told our team, and that's one thing we loved about leading college students. It's just like, you know what? They're just young enough and bold enough just to believe everything you say. <laughs> I'll go, yeah, we'll do that. We'll go with you. They don't think it through. It's just like, that sounds exciting. I'm like, well, this is going to be more than exciting. We found ourselves in the Lebanese border passing out Jesus videos in Arabic and to a Bedouin village there right on the border of Lebanon and Israel. And our Russian Jewish driver of the charter bus realized we weren't there just to visit them, but we were there to proclaim Jesus. We were there boldly to do this step is to just proclaim who Jesus was. And, and we were received so warmly. We were so welcome there, but he got so upset. He jumped in the bus and he drove off and he left all 51 of us there in that village. I had girls crying. What are we going to do? What am I going to tell my parents? You know, and I, I'm just standing there like, Lord, you need to help us. We ultimately, a few hours later, we got through a phone call and they sent us another bus and another driver. It's like, why didn't you tell us that you were a Christian group and, and what you were doing, you know? And, when that, and then we got this opportunity where there was unknowing and, and uh, somebody came to us and they heard about what our team was doing and how God was moving in our meetings and in our services and times together. And they said, there's a small underground church in the Gaza Strip. There's only maybe 20 known believers in the entire Gaza Strip. And immediately in my mind, I'm thinking, we're not going there. I mean, we, we've gone to the border of Lebanon where they've been shelling from Lebanon. We're not going to do that. And they said, but they're asking you, would you bring some of your team in there, do ministry? And it would be so encouraging to the handful of believers that are in this strip. And this was way back when Yasser Arafat was leading that whole thing, and he lived there. And so we broke up our team, and I, I, I just thought, I'm going to take some of the, um, the team members that maybe I could possibly lose, and their parents wouldn't be too upset. <laughs> and we went, in, we went into, and it was like the drop zone at the border. And there's like a 100-yard buffer zone where it's like you say goodbye to the Israeli side, and then about 100 yards, there's taxis waiting, and you've got to walk through this buffer zone. It was like the drop zone, literally. And to get to the other side, and then they take you in, and we're in the taxis heading into Gaza City. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, what have I done? And we met with one of the, the leaders there. It was a Palestinian believer that was leading this underground church. They were so gracious. We stayed in their homes. And he said he brought us to and, and introduced us to different dignitaries there. And I'll never forget walking in to the minister of the interior's office, and I, and I had my team with me, and he was just real sharp and blunt, and basically it's like, what are you doing here? 
this group of young Americans coming into our territory. What's your agenda? You could tell they're very suspicious. And I thought, I'm not going to candy coat this. I'm not just going to say, yeah, we're just here to do this or that. And I just felt this boldness rise up inside of me. And I knew it was the spirit of the Lord. And I, I wasn't rude or pushy or too aggressive. But I said, you know, I just want to share with you that we came here with a message about Jesus Christ that, that can change your life and your people's lives. And we make no apology for being here. And we're asking you to give us permission tonight to do an open-air meeting right in the square of this place. And we would be so grateful if you would do that because the message that we're going to share tonight will be life-changing for your community. And he just stared at me. He seemed shocked. And then at the end of the meeting, he says, I give you permission permission to do your meeting in the open air. And we did that. And so we did all those things. We did the human videos and the testimonies. And I got up and preached. And this man was there on the front row with his family. And uh, my mom and dad will remember this. It was so powerful. There was such a bold atmosphere where Jesus' name was being proclaimed and everything. And they were crying, sitting on the front row. And there was so much fruit in that meeting that night. And the man that was heading up this underground church came to us and he said, you don't realize what's happened here tonight, Pastor Dana, but this is the first open-air meeting in the history of the Gaza Street strip and I had no idea just this unassuming team and one of the team members came up and he said Pastor Dane you've been talking to us about being history makers in our discipleship classes she goes did we make history tonight I'm like yeah we made history tonight <laughs> these are the bold moments these are the bold, God gives us bold access to areas. There's no such thing in the kingdom of God as a closed border or a closed door. There's a window of opportunity. There's a place that God will get us through because Jesus' name, the Bible says, will be claimed throughout all of the world. And there will be people that will believe the message and know that he is who he says he is and he will do what he said he will do. And they'll surrender their lives to him. They'll take a bold leap of faith and surrender and give their life. And there's a transformation that takes place and their life is never the same. He knows where you live. He knows your phone number. He knows everything about your life here today. And Jesus wants to encounter even this morning in this message. We're here not just to celebrate the grand opening of a building, but we're here to celebrate the magnificence of Jesus Christ and someone who has been with Jesus. They're beautiful and inviting, and that's what we want. Because if we continue these proclamations... God will do great things, and there will be history made in this church and in this community because of you and because of me. It's going to require, and I say this to my leadership team, be ready, be prepared. Let a spirit of boldness consume your heart and your mind because there will be many more bold steps and bold moments where the Lord's going to say, I want you to take a step that seems impossible, but I've called you to do impossible things. I've called you to be uh, history makers in this place. And as a young leadership team, Team that we have, the Lord's going to continue to send us out with these bold steps, and the Lord's name is going to be magnified in this place. And as we submit to these proclamations, the Lord's going to raise up a great church in this place. Hallelujah. There's so much more that can be said. And I uh, I want to just say how grateful I am that so many of the familiar faces that I see here this morning. that have sowed into us with prayer, with giving, with time. Many people behind the scenes have, that would never hardly get any of the credit to bring us to 
this point of time and the church of where the Lord is. And I say, let's don't get too comfortable too long. The Lord has an incredible plan for us to boldly enter into a drop zone, a marketplace to proclaim the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing us together in this place. We're just so honored that you have given us the privilege and the opportunity to be able to take leaps of faith, to be bold in our decisions and bold in our proclamations this morning. And Lord, you have given us so much to be grateful for. A beautiful building to be able to serve and to worship. But most importantly, God, that from this place as we gather together that you will continue to love and disciple and to send people even from Banner Church into all the world just to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for bringing even guests that are here this morning that maybe this is their first time to visit our church and to be with us. And Lord, as we just bow our heads before you, we say thank you so much. I'm going to ask some of you maybe to take the boldest stand that you've ever taken in your life this morning. And if the Lord has spoken to you in this place and you want to take a bold stand here today, I want to pray with you. And as our heads are bowed before the Lord, it's time to make bold decisions for some here today who have maybe not been walking as close to the Lord as you know you should. And, and maybe you're here today and this is the first time you've heard anything quite like this, but you want to make a bold stand and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and experience the transformation, the solace, the peace, and enter into this drop zone, if you will. It's like, Pastor Dana, I want to fly again. I want my, I want my heart to soar again with vision and purpose and I want that boldness to be revealed in my life where I can make decisions quickly because I know Jesus is what he says he is and he will do what he says he will do. And if you're here today, I'm going to ask you without embarrassing you just to take a stand where you're at right there in your seat and we're going to pray a short prayer before we close this service. It's the most important decision that you would ever make. And And as I count to three, I just want to ask you to stand and we're going to pray. And there may be somebody sitting next to you that's a friend or a family member just saying, I'll stand with you if you would like. And you can do that. We're going to count to three. One, two, three. Stand up right now and we're going to pray together. Just stand. Say, I want to make a bold stand before the Lord and I want to pray. I want my life to be completely devoted to him. Just stand up and quickly. Thank you, Jesus. Why everybody else is just still praying. Just stand. This is your moment. This is a time for transformation and change to happen. Thank you. Anybody else? You just say, I want to stand in Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone pray this prayer with me.
It's a prayer of dedication and commitment to the Lord. Just say this prayer with me and follow me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. And I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I want to make a bold stand for you. And I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated.